Welcome back to Well, That's Interesting, the I Didn't Expect That edition. Oh. <laughs> um, okay. So the thing is, I never expect that yeah. when we record this podcast. So the fact that we're adding another layer of yes. I Didn't Expect That yes. makes me so worried. <laughs> oh my God. So, today is in between 0 52 the most recent virgin birth. What? And, <laughs> and giant tortoises eat birds too. Oh, okay. Oh, oh no. Okay. Okay. I am pretty down. I'm not yeah, gonna lie. Down? I'm down pretty. I'm pretty down. I. I can't. If if I walked away right now, I would hate myself forever for not knowing. What the fuck happened to this person? You want the details. And this tortoise. That's right. And birds. Yeah. (laughs) And the birds. I'm Jill Chacha, and I am with the uh, fully, once again, fully invested, fully down Marissa Riley. That's right. I am so here for it. I am so here for this. Am I skeptical? Always. (laughs) Always. But I am so down. You're down. Uh, Yeah, I guess... Well, before we begin, uh, if, you, if this is your first time listening, welcome to the flock. Welcome to the flock. Welcome, welcome. Uh, Dr. Riley here comes in cold and learns everything in real time, just like you. It's true. If it, if it sounds like I'm surprised, it's because I am. <laughs> That's right. I had no idea we were going to talk about virgin births or tortoises. Um, I've had a weird week with tortoises. I... I I did a comedy show recently and I met someone and in the middle of the show she dropped what I thought was her phone and she was like, "Oh, sorry, I dropped my tortoise." And I yeah. was like, "Did I get high on accident or something? <laughs> did I accidentally slip some acid no. in my drink?" Um, no, you're just uh, you're just in Brooklyn. I was just in Brooklyn, <laughs> and this woman actually had a tortoise that fell out of her bag. It was her pet. It was alive, and that's all I'm going to say about that. Yeah. So I am curious to learn more about your tortoise story. It's uh, probably. Just as disturbing. Yes. Amazing. <laughs> that's, that's that story. Amazing. So, Amazing. Uh, I guess we should begin then. Yeah. Let's right, do let's it. Let's do it. So uh, let's begin with that there virgin birth, uh, which took place just three weeks ago in a land where all things take biblical proportions. Ooh. From hand gestures to architecture, I'm talking about Italy. Of course. <laughs> of course. Yeah. Uh, where exactly in Italy? Well, we're at the Aquario di Cala Gionone. Oh, my. I know. Ooh. On the island of Sardinia. Oh. And to get there, my friends, imagine a map of Italy. Okay. Point to the middle of the west coast. Okay. There is Rome. That's so okay. easy. So easy. Now travel a wee 220 miles farther west over the Mediterranean, and you'll hit magical Sardinia. Oh. Uh, you can take a very leisurely eight-hour ferry, or oh, gross. <laughs> <laughs> or you can hightail it by plane, which takes about an hour. Okay, I'm gonna do the plane. Yeah, I hear you. Um, not yeah. not big into eight-hour ferries. <laughs> I'm not big into 30-minute ferries. Mm. 
If it's over 30 minutes, I am going to stay home. Yeah, I can, uh, I can get a little queasy. Yes, yeah. absolutely. So either way, I hope you made a reservation because thanks to COVID times, admission to this aquarium has been reduced to time slots. Oh. Uh, if you're lucky enough to land one, you'll get a chance to peruse 25 beautiful tanks filled with beautiful aquatic life, all sorts of beautiful aquatic life from all corners of the globe. Oh my. Now, one of these tanks, however, is unlike any other tank in this aquarium. Okay. And quite honestly, unlike any other aquarium tank in the world. Oh. Now, it's home. <laughs> oh. Ooh. Ooh. I, I'm sorry I keep making like the most sexual um, uh, responses. noises. I'm just really into aquariums. <laughs> I, I, I fuck with an aquarium. I, <laughs> I love like, an aquarium. Sounds like it. Okay. Yes, I'm sweating. <laughs> so, uh, so, this... Uh, so where are we? Ah, oh, my notes. Okay. Anyway, it's home to what could be the rarest creature on Earth. Oh. A single female baby smoothhound shark was born to a mother that has spent the last 10 years sharing a tank with one other female and no other males. Are you talking about the ultimate, <laughs> the ultimate mystical creature, mm. which is yeah. two lesbians having a baby? That's, I, God, I really... That would have been fucking incredible. It would have been fucking incredible. It sounds like that's not the case. <laughs> but I will keep dreaming yes. and keep trying. No further comments. <laughs> yeah, although it would have been fucking awesome if she were the daughter of two female sharks. Ispira, as she's called, <sighs> was most likely created by another super cool reproductive process called parthenogenesis. Oh, got it. Yeah. Now I'm remembering the title. Okay, ah. okay. Tell me about uh, parthenogenesis. Gen- so... Pa- so- it? You, the word you say better. It? So Parthenon being Greek for virgin and Genesis Greek for origin. But Dr. Marissa, if you would, please tell us what the fuck Parthenogenesis is in terms of biology. Will do. According to our source, Live Science, quote, there are two types of Parthenogenesis. Apomixis, a form of cloning common among plants and automixes, a form of uh, self-fertilization that more closely uh, resembles sexual reproduction. Rather than combining with a sperm cell to make an embryo, the egg combines with a polar body, which is essentially another cell that is produced at the same time that the egg cell is produced and has the complementary DNA. Said Kristen Dudgeon, 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 uh, a biosciences researcher at the University of Queensland in Australia. In this scenario, the polar body acts as a pseudosperm cell with a single strand of DNA. The resulting offspring gets 100% of their DNA from their mother, but are not exact clones of them, Dungeon says. End quote. Excellent. Dungeon. I keep wanting to say Dungeon because their name <laughs> looks like Dungeon, but it does. it's not. It's yeah. Dungeon. 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 Well done. Back to the, the polar body. <laughs> this is a very confusing concept for me. Mm-hmm. Um, so in your words, can you, can you rephrase that better? Sure. Uh, so... Aspira isn't a clone per se because each egg, right, from sharks to human beings, contains a unique 
combination of genes that are randomly selected. Right. Uh, when that polar body with its own strand of chromosomes, when it combined right. with the shark egg, they produced, they produced a baby shark that is genetically different from the mother, but still has all of her DNA. So she's oh. like mom, but reshuffled. I got it. Okay. Yeah. That makes sense. There you go. I see it. So it should be noted, though, the only other sex chromosome that can be passed on is an X chromosome. So Espira and any other offspring made this way will be born female. Oh, Yeah. So as to how often this type of reproduction occurs in the wild, uh, it's hard to say. It's damn near impossible to tag and DNA test every little baby you see. Yeah. So most of what we know and have seen regarding automixis uh, has been through cases like this, in captivity or an easily accessed population uh, researchers can handle. Got it. That makes sense. Yes. So it's an ongoing, ever-developing field of study, but right now, according to Britannica.com, Experts believe that more than 2,000 species reproduce parthenogenetically, and around 80 of those species are vertebrate animals. Okay. Yeah. And 80 of and of those 80, sorry, 15 are sharks and rays. Wow. So yeah. sharks, sharks are doing it a lot. Doing or it a lot. Yeah. should I say, not doing it? <laughs> they are creating within themselves without mm-hmm. a partner. Exactly. Very interesting. Yeah. Uh, scientists have seen this kind of birth many a time with common aquarium species like the white-spotted bamboo shark and, oh. and zebra shark. But my friends, Espira is extra special. Extra special? Extra, extra special. special. <laughs> because, <laughs> because this is the first time ever it's been documented in her species, a smoothhound shark. Oh, man. Yeah. So, Dr. Marissa, I don't have a photo of little Espira, but I can show you what she'll grow up to look like uh, if you'd like to see one smooth hound shark. I would love to see All a right. smooth hound shark. This photo will be on our Instagram and Twitter, so please come on by. Do it. Uh, they're very pretty. Take a look. Oh my gosh. Okay, this is an amazing shark. Okay, imagine a classic shark in your head, and then imagine it being like very streamlined, Yeah. very slender, mm-hmm. very sleek. She's gorgeous. Yeah. Yeah. Smooth hounds definitely live up to their name. Uh, They're extraordinarily streamlined, like you said. They can grow up to five feet in length, but only weigh 30 pounds. God, teach me the way. That's (laughs) amazing. Yeah, they're like the um, supermodels of the sea. Yes. Think about it. Yes. They are very... The proportions are crazy. Yeah, very crazy. Uh, they also have great taste and perform. They prefer the warm waters of the Mediterranean, nice. Morocco, the Canaries, and the Azores. Uh, they're also found along Angola and down to South Africa. So, great gorgeous, choices. great. Yeah. Uh, their lifespan is about ten years, which is around the amount of time Aspira's mom had been alone, save for one other shark. Oh, yeah. So this brings us to the pros and cons of this type of reproduction. Yeah. Let's start with a pro. So, say you're a mature female shark who finds herself unable to do the whole sexual reproduction thing because there's no other mates. Got it. Yep. That could be due to a number of things, like natural disasters, including a disease outbreak. There's also those fucking pesky human beings who, uh, you know, are causing climate change and overfishing, or they put you in a tank. So That's right. Uh, <laughs> we, we are interfering with their lives, so. their sex lives, quite a lot. Yeah. So, long story short, you're alone. And your time is, shall we say, coming to an end. 
but that doesn't mean your species has to. Oh. So automixis is a brilliant way to try and keep your species going long enough so perhaps one day your offspring could find a mate and add some very important genetic diversity. That's a very scientific way of saying something very beautiful. Oh, That is lovely. Yeah. I like that. <laughs> so speaking of which, Dr. Marissa, do tell us what may be a con of this here parthenogenesis. Will do. Okay, Partheno, quote, parthenogenesis is essentially a form of inbreeding. Aw. As, <laughs> as the genetic diversity of the offspring is greatly re- reduced, uh, Christian Dudgeon told Live Science. As such, offspring produced by this method may have a reduced chance of survival. They, uh, there is a high rate of embryonic failure among parthenogenic offspring added Damian Chapman, director of the Sharks and Rays Conservation Program at uh, Mott Marine Laboratory and Aquarium in Florida. Nailed it. But when they do survive, many have normal lives and some can even reproduce. End quote. Yeah. So, yeah. The word inbreeding bums me out. It's a bummer. Um, the embryonic failure situation bums me out. Um, but when they do survive. When they do survive, it sounds it's like news. things go well. It's good news. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So that con does have a chance of becoming a pro. Uh, and I'm super stoked to report experts over at Aquario di Calagionon. If I'm saying that right. I think so. It sounds great. Yeah. Uh, they say little Espira is healthy and Aww. is and is expected to live a totally normal life. Yay! I know. Uh, and by the way, her name translates to hope in Maltese. Stop it. Uh huh. Stop it. I know. Um. Yeah. What What's that sound? Uh, that's yeah. the sound of my heart yep. shattering. That's right. Shattering. Mine too. Yeah. Oh my, she's, okay, Jill is literally clutching her chest yeah. because her heart is clearly a pile of dust. Uh, God. I'm Pain. broken. Yeah. Uh, so, after the break. <laughs> <laughs> you may cry for a totally different reason. Uh, we're moving on from life to death. And uh, stay with us because I'm going to show Dr. Marissa here a video that will definitely traumatize her. Oh, no, <laughs> so, not again. So, stay tuned. Please do. And we're back. We are so back. We are so back. And there are no words that can possibly do justice to the place we're traveling to. Oh, Oh, my friends, if you have never Google image searched the Seychelles, please do so right the fuck now. Oh, my God. Okay. Okay. So here's the thing. Seychelles sounds fucking amazing. I want to go there right now i yeah here's my savings take me there now um but when i read this word on your notes i i definitely did not pronounce it that way in my head in my head it was like um sea chills like that's how that's where i thought we were going um that sounds like I don't know, a casino in Louisiana that's like, oh, let's go to the sea chills. Like, that sounds like a trailer park that I would rather not go to. Um, but sea chills, a uh, water park in somewhere. You want to you wanna come to my above ground pool? Like, I, that's what it sounds like. And, and I don't think anyone wants to go there with me. But Seychelles. Seychelles. Oh, Seychelles. I'm so down. Yeah, Seychelles. Uh, S-E-Y-C-H-E-L-L-E-S. Beautiful. Give it a fucking Google. Uh, we'll give you a minute. 
There you go. Okay. Yeah. So now that you've seen their staggering beauty, uh, let's learn a tad about them. Uh, first, where the fuck are they? Um, well, for my fellow geographically challenged Americans, don't worry, I got you. Uh, picture the continent of Africa. Okay. Point to the middle of the East Coast. Okay. There's Kenya and Somalia. Hello. Hello. Uh, now move your finger about 1,200 miles farther east across the Indian Ocean, and here, secluded, is the Seychelles Archipelago. Oh. Yes. Ooh. <laughs> archipelago, my oh my. This sounds expensive. Yes. Um, it's a nation made of 115 variously named islands, each more fucking stunning than the last. Take um, me now. <laughs> so, our story takes place on Freegate Island, uh, a teeny, teeny, teeny hyper-exclusive resort, a smidge over a mile across. Now, okay, if I didn't want to go there before, I, I really do now. I right. I love a hyper-exclusive <laughs> resort that I can't afford. That's I think because I've never been. Um, and I'm so ready to go. So ready. Yeah. Uh, depending on your budget, you can rent villas that range from 5,000 to over 14,000 euros a night. Yeah, and if you have that money, <laughs> you can take me and Jill. We we're, are a fun time. We're, we're a great time. Come on. Yeah. yeah, you know so. you want to. <laughs> so. You know you want to have a cocktail with us on an ultra-exclusive island. Only 14000 Only 14000 <laughs> uh, And depending on the island's availability, you can rent its entirety for yourself. That's right, you can rent the entire island. Oh uh, though that price tag is not listed on the island's official website, freegate.com. Oh my god. F-R-E. G-A-T-E. It's so expensive they don't even put the <laughs> price on the menu. No. Oh, my God. Uh, Dr. Marissa, I'm just going to pull up that site for you and select the modest or least expensive villa. Uh, do tell us, how fucking gorgeous is this place? Okay. Here we go. Okay. Ah, I look. mean, it doesn't even look real. <laughs> it doesn't even look real. Um, okay, so... Remember the fire, um, fire festival pictures? Yeah. Okay. Before anyone actually went to fire festival, this is what it looked like. It looked bomb. It looked amazing. Mm -hmm. yeah. And this, I don't even believe this is real. Yeah. It's the, the, there's no word for the color blue of the water, uh, you know, it's just the architecture of the villas is ridiculous. Oh my god, this island is so fake. It is so <laughs> gorgeous. I it looks like someone drew it. Like yeah. it really is impossibly gorgeous. Yeah, palm trees as far as the eye can see, beautiful. It's I've never gorgeous. seen a sky that blue before. <laughs> it's <laughs> stunning. It almost gets me angry. Yeah. So, uh, it should be no surprise between the isolated location, the price tag, and the website's overwhelming use of the word privacy uh, that this island attracts the rich, the powerful, and high rollers. It also attracts, you guessed it, biologists. Oh. Plot twist. Didn't see that coming. No. Even on a science podcast, I was so taken with this island, and I'm like, Rihanna probably goes here. And I, and I was like, oh, yeah, we're talking about science. I know. So, uh, after hundreds of years of fucking French and British colonialism, which almost completely cleared the native woodland, conservationists have been restoring the natural habitat by, for example, 
planting over 10,000 indigenous trees and oh. implementing a program that saved the Seychelles magpie robin from extinction. Aww. Amazing. Uh, milking the rich while telling them they're getting a once-in-a-lifetime experience has funded the island's restoration. Ooh. There you go. Uh, here is another huge success story. Uh, 25 years ago, there were only about 150 giant uh, Aldebra tortoises uh, on the island. Okay. Uh, today, there are over 3,000. This is the most incredible thing. Yeah. We need to exploit the rich Always. for turtles more often. Sorry, <laughs> tortoises. We need to exploit <laughs> the rich for animals yeah. more often. I totally agree. This is an amazing business plan. I love it. So, Now, Dr. Marissa, when I say giant tortoise, what image comes to your mind? What words specifically with tortoise? Okay. Other than pocketbook and... (laughs) (laughs) Thank you for specifying. Um, Okay, so I imagine, like, I'm putting my arms out in, like, a ballet circle in front of me. Uh Um, So I imagine that the... Uh, the tortoise being that big yeah and then it has um it's very wise yeah because it's because it, it can get really old yeah and um it has legs and it walks really slow mm-hmm. um but uh if it was racing against a hare it would win that's right so th- that's all of my thoughts yeah it's got a few tricks a up its sleeve um yeah it's, she she big she's slow she, she and big. she's smart that's, that's right gentle giant is uh, maybe one you might think of absolutely uh, herbivore is another word yes well plants. plot twist with no context other than the title Dr. Marissa, I'd like to show you a video. Okay. Yes, I'm nervous. It's one animal hunting another, and it's not a lion versus impala. It's much slower than that. It's hunting at its slowest and deadliest. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Please tell us what you see. And if y'all at home want to be just as traumatized as Dr. Marissa will be in just about a moment, uh, merely search giant tortoises hunt and consume birds. Great. 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 Ready? Great. Okay. Now there's no sound to this video, so you'll have to do all of the uh, narrating for us. Okay. Okay. All right. All right. So I see tortoises just like I described. Okay. And one is approaching a bird with its mouth. It's a small bird, and it's just slowly kind of chomping at the bird. Yeah. Not necessarily on the bird. So it's just kind of creeping up to it, opening its mouth, closing its mouth, and the bird is just kind of kind of back in a way a little confused like yeah. what why is this giant rock um <laughs> kind of coming towards me okay so the tortoise is continuing to slowly walk towards the bird it's opening its mouth and it's kind of chomping at it a little more the bird's trying to get away the bird but it's not trying that hard no here's the thing the bird can fly and it's not it's almost fighting back and the tortoise just keeps opening its mouth and... Co- ah! Yeah, got it. Oh, instant death. Okay. Yeah. Okay, pause, 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 pause. Yeah. Okay, the video's over. Okay. Yeah. So here's the thing. Yeah. I think the bird didn't really expect the tortoise to actually do anything. No, I don't think so either. No. Because it's slow. Yeah. And it kind of opens and closes its mouth while coming up to it. And then out of nowhere... Its head juts out and it snaps its mouth on the bird's head. Yes. On its head. Yeah. It was very, Did not see that coming. Very deliberate where it bit it. Yeah. Like it knew. It knew. Yeah. And then it opened its mouth. The bird fell out of its mouth dead. Yeah. Dead instantly. And the thing is, like, 
the bird didn't fly away because mm. I don't think it really was nervous. It would be like if like a, I don't know, like a very, uh, like a hundred year old person in a wheelchair was like slowly coming towards you with like a stick poking you. And then out of nowhere, it ate your head. <laughs> right. The person in the wheelchair ate your head. Yeah. That was exactly what it was like. That's, that's pretty, that, you yeah. wouldn't run. You'd no, be like, they're not, like, the they're not gonna going to get here? me. Yeah. yeah, we'll talk about why that bird didn't fly away too, which is also a very interesting choice from made by the tortoise, yeah. Hmm. Uh, quoting the New York Times, quote, researchers in the Seychelles have filmed a giant tortoise hunting and devouring a turn chick in a single gulp. Oh. The, the scientists involved in the discovery say it was the first time such an act has been caught on camera even they are shaken up. Oh, my God. It's totally surprising and rather horrifying, said Justin Gerlach, an island ecologist at Peterhouse, Cambridge in England. The tortoise is deliberately pursuing this bird and kills it and then eats it. So, yeah, it's hunting. End quote. Oh, it was 900% deliberate. Yeah. It's always a bad thing when scientists are surprised. <laughs> it really is. Scientists so know funny. everything and they've seen everything. Yeah. And so when they're shocked... I'm stressed. Leave back away slowly. I am sweating. Yeah. <laughs> so. I, and, and not in the sexy way. Yeah. I am like, mm-hmm. ugh. Still sexy from, sorry. Anyway. Okay. That's, thank you. I appreciate it. It's, <laughs> it's the pits. Yeah. It's the pits. Um, yep. Now, researchers have on occasion seen tortoises eat snails, wounded reptiles, and even some bird bones when the opportunity arrived. Okay. But researchers weren't motivated to capture predatory behavior until they heard the rumors. Rumors of tortoises stalking flightless chicks. Okay, so yeah. these birds can't fly. Baby, they're like, they're, they're going after baby chicks. That's mean. That's fighting. That mean. is it's so mean. That's so mean. <laughs> and the chicks probably aren't that smart because they're chicks. That's and they're still learning the way. Yeah. And... That's me. That's some cold, cold shit. Yeah. Damn. While returning from taking a census of seabirds on July 30th, 2020, Dr. Gerlach and Anna Zora were on high alert for such behavior. Mm-hmm. And wouldn't you know it, that was the day rumor became fact and they captured a hunt on camera, which is what you just saw. Yes, it was incredible. Yeah. <sighs> but Dr. Marissa, would you please tell us how these researchers knew that this was definitely a hunt and not mere like grazing or opportunistic behavior. Uh, this is according to the New York Times article, totally surprising and rather horrifying, Gi- giant tortoises eat baby birds. Oh my God. <laughs> All right, here we go. Quote, when tortoises eat leaves, grass, or fruit, they extend their tongues and draw the food in their mouths. But the tortoise in the video had its tongue retracted and its eyes closed. Signs that it's wary of a certain amount of danger with this food source. Indeed, the scientists note that the tortoise shows signs of having hunted seabird chicks before. It's behaving in a different way from normal feeding, Dr. Gerlach said. It's not simply collecting food, it's killing to collect Food, end quote. I'm positive that's yeah. how Dr. Gerlach said it. <laughs> yes. He used his his arm to to emphasize each word. Like uh-huh. I'm doing, you can't see me. <laughs> oh, they can see. Very you. deliberate. <laughs> they can see you. Uh, so I know what you're thinking. Why? 
Why? why why would it go after a live chick when it literally has the island's spoils to itself? So many fruits and vegetables. So many. So James Gibbs, a herpetologist at the State University of New York and the Galapagos Conservancy. 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 Let's say it together. Conservancy. Nailed it. So James has a theory. Uh, that particular tortoise in the video was female. Oh. And the island right now lacks a source of calcium, a critical mineral for building eggshells. So just like that shark who gave birth in a last resort sort of way in the first half of the show. Right. Uh, this possible mom-to-be may have resorted to hunting to ensure the next generation. Well, look at that. Bones. Bones. Mm-hmm. She's eating bones mm-hmm. for her babies. That's right. That's amazing. That's it. I, you know, I was really against it just seconds ago. And now I love it. Eating a baby to have a baby. It makes it's, it's, so much sense. It's like take a penny, leave a penny. There you go. <laughs> I know what I'm doing. It's worth it. It's so dark all of a sudden. <laughs> yeah. So uh, here's to moms and all of the horrible shit they have to do to get shit done. We tip our hat. We tip our hat to moms. Y'all. <laughs> Are where it's at. Y'all know what you're doing, and y'all go through the motion. <laughs> yeah, so, yeah, and that is um, how I ended this in between. Amazing. Zero fifty two. Thank you for listening, subscribing, telling your friends about smoothhound sharks, just taking matters into their own fins, and evil tortoise moms. <laughs> That's right. Actually, they're just tortoise moms. They're not evil. They're just getting shit done. That's it. Amazing. Just doing the deeds. Uh, and please, stay interesting. Please do.